Welcome everybody to this uh, great service that we are worshiping our Lord and Savior and our God and Father. To tonight we're going to study one question, very, very important question. What, what is that in your hand? We're going to study an old sermon. I've been listening to this sermon since I was a child, long time ago. And you know, tonight we're going to learn some things that you and I have in our hands. And we need to be careful with those things because we're going to talk to God in Judgment Day through Jesus Christ. So we're going to learn something that you and I have in our hands. Exodus 4.2 says, So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. God asked Moses this question in order to show that he has unlimited power to strengthen a little man for a mighty history-making job. God's people, the, the Israelites, were slaves in Egypt, trodden uh, beneath the oppressor's heel. It was God's will that they be delivered and that, the, that Moses be the deliverer, according to what it says in Exodus 3, 9 and 10. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses, feeling his inability for such a task, said in Exodus 4.1, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. This prompted the Lord to ask him, what is that in your hand? The answer was a rod. Perhaps just a stick cut from the thicket used to turn the sheep. But the Lord transformed the lifeless rod into a serpent, and from a serpent back to a rod. This was a sign to prove that the people would believe. That's what it says in verse 5. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared unto you. The Almighty God had the power to accomplish his purpose through Moses. How often we fail because we doubt his power working through us. This is the big problem. A Christian has tremendous power if he has the faith that Paul uh, has, and he said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He's not about our power. He's not about experience or expertise or wisdom. No, no, or abilities. It's the power of God working through us. That's why 
anything that happens in the kingdom, the glory and an honor is to him. Not to us, but to him always, always. That rod invested with God's power would enable Moses to do signs. Exodus 4, 17 says, And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do signs. It would serve as a credential to prove that Moses represented God. <clears throat> Thus God has never sent out his servants without giving the evidence to prove their relationship with him. So much is at risk that this proof is crucial in effort to be successful. Therefore, there must be unmistakable evidence. Moses had the rod. The apostles had miraculous powers. Look what it says in Acts 1, 4, and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Consequently, they performed miracles to prove the word that they spoke. Mark 16, 20 says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Today, we have the scriptures, the voice of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Today we have the scripture, the voice of God, to prove what we say. Now, think for a moment. God has the power to transform little things that he put in our hands and make them big and priceless to accomplish whatever he wants. He's not our expertise. And I'm going to repeat again and again. He's not our expertise. He's not our power. He's not our wisdom or experience. He's nothing with the abilities. He's God working through us. This is very important. And I'm going to prove with several examples, how God has the strength to take things of little value in our hands and make them powerful and priceless. Yes, sir. It's not because we are big shots. No, 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 no. You know, uh, very experienced preachers. No, 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 we're not. We're not. I'm 65 and still learning. And I'm going to die learning. Learning from Jesus Christ. And from his word. So it is very important. What is that in your hand, Shamgar? An ox God. Okay? An ox God. But when dedicated to the service of God, it became an invincible weapon with which Shamgar 
kill 600 Philistines. That's what Judges 3.31 says. Why? Why? He was very experienced in martial arts. No. No, 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 sir. No. Was just an ox god. Okay? It was God who, who used that ox god as a powerful weapon. Not Shemgar, not ox god. 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 Remember. Remember, we need to believe that because we worship him and we serve him and we talk about him to the people. But we need to believe that it's his power through us that we may convince people to come to Jesus. What is that in your head, David? A, a sling. Well, but when given to the service of God, it became powerful. David used it to kill the giant Goliath and thus save the army of God. Was not David, was not the sling, was God, God, the power of God. We need to remember this. We need to believe this. We need to live this. Because Christian life is a reality that you live, you enjoy. And that's when you share this great news of salvation. Everybody knows that it's, it's real. That's the difference in just preaching something or share something. What is that in your hand, Jacob? Tools to dig a well. Yes, that's what the Bible says in John 4 and verse 6 and 7. Years later, Jesus, a tired, weary Thursday traveler sat upon the curb of that well and has his thirst quenched. Jacob never realized that someday his Lord would drink of that well. There is a lesson to learn right here. We never know who will benefit from our good deeds because they will bear fruit forever. Yes, yes. That's the way it, it is. You never know. So always do good deeds. You never know what you are accomplishing in that moment, in the future, and when you're gone. What is that in your hand, young man? A small amount of food. And what happened? Well, with that little amount of food, God fed thousands. He was not the fishes and the bread. What Jesus, his power. Remember, that's what we are trying to learn tonight. It's not us. It's God, his power working through us. What is that in your head, poor widow? Two, two minds, two minds. Well, but when given to the Lord, it constituted such a gift that, that Jesus regarded it as the greatest sacrifice, sacrifice of all who had cast into the treasurer. Two mites. Rich people give a lot of money. That poor widow, only two mites. It was more than the other people gave. Because the rich people give what they have left. But the poor widow gave everything. Anybody can ask more than what you, when you give all that you have? No. That's the best that you can. 
As we see through these examples, the Lord can take the little things in our hands and make them big if we consecrate them to his service. That's the point. That's the point. If you have something, ability, a talent, or something to give to God, give it. Give it to him with all your heart, with all your mind, with your, all your strength. And he's going to use it for his glory and honor and to accomplish what he has in mind. What he has in mind. Greatness in God's sight does not depend upon the value nor the enormity of the things in our hands, but our willingness to use it for his glory. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. For if there is first a willing mind, that's the point. You need to tell God, here I am. Use me. Use me. How? I don't know how, but use me. If you think that I can do something in the kingdom to serve my brothers and sisters, to reach the community and bring them to Jesus, use me. Use me. Here I am. That's what it says. Willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. If I don't believe that, believe me, I'm never going to stand before you. I'm, I can do. I can preach in Spanish, but in English it's hard. But I am here because you invite me to, to be here. And I feel sorry for you because you, you need to struggle to understand my English. But you know, I'm here because I believe that. You know, if somebody asks me to preach in Italian, I'm going to learn how to do it. And how to let them know that God loved them. And God has a plan for them. Jesus died for them. Come to him. And have an abundant life. And eternal life in heaven. You know it's easy. And we have that application that we saw this morning at the meeting. Say hi. <laughs> we, we can use it. And, you know we can preach in any, any language. But you know we need to believe. We are nobody without God. We are not. Okay. So it's God. Working through us. You know, I born in a little town close to Saltillo, Mexico. In the middle of nowhere, okay? And here I am, sharing with you, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not about me. It's about God. It's not about you. It's about God. That's the only this works. And then that's the way God sent results for his glory and honor. That's the only way God is glorifying. Because if not, we're going to say, me, you know, me. I, I went there and you know how many I baptized? I respect everybody, you know, who go somewhere, baptize three or four, and... Start making reports that they baptized five in that trip. As a result of his trip? No. The preacher there were working before you get there. You only make them wet. Okay? You baptize them. Okay? You, you did the action. 
but other people who was working before you get there. Very important. We have an ego, all of us. We need to keep like this. We are nobody, okay? Nobody. Always is about God. That's, that's exactly the truth. We, the only thing that we need to have is willing mind. Willing mind. Here I am. Use me. How? You're the boss. You tell me how. I'll be there. And I do whatever you want me to do. That's it. That's the only way this works. But the real question tonight is not what Shamgar or David, you know, we already know what they did with those things that God put in their heads, okay? But the real question is, what is that in your hand, Elias? What is that in your hand, Terry? And you know, everybody's gonna put your name in that blank at the end of the question. What is that in your hand, brother and sister, so-and-so? That's the question, okay? I'm going to help you tonight to realize what God has put in your hands, your life. Yes, everybody here in this room uh, is alive, right? Yes, we are. Maybe somebody, sometimes, you know, are sleeping, but not this time. No, no, no. Only, you know, one, one time I, I told the people, you know, I'm better than Paul when I'm on the pulpit. Elias, what are you doing? Yes, because when Paul preached in Troas, one went to sleep. When I preached, 20 or more. So I, I'm better than Paul, you know, in that way. You know, no, but we are here alive, okay? Let me tell you something. You have in your hand your life. And let me tell you something else. None but you can live it. And only you can account of, of it. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Think about it. Think about it. And look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in, in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Both our present and future lives are what we make them. We are reaping today what we sow in the past. And we will reap in the future what we are sowing in the present. Nobody can escape this unchangeable law of God that we find in Galatians 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will also reap. Please listen carefully to what you have heard. You have the choice to live your life in the way you want. You can do with your life whatever you want to do with it. But remember, you are sowing today and you will reap tomorrow. Young people, you need to think about this. You are sowing today, you will reap 
to tomorrow. That's what the Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse 7. Never forget that. Your decisions today are going to bring results tomorrow. So think about it. Think before you make a decision because you're going to see the result of that decision one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. Now, when we talk about life, we, we uh, can talk or we talk about time. Time is the precious commodity that is given to us. It's free. It cannot be bought. No amount of, mon of, of, no amount of money will buy one hour of time. It is too priceless to waste. To waste time is to waste life. For that is what life is made of. Time is the man's greatest friend or enemy, depending upon the use he makes of it. Look what David said in Psalm 90 in verse 12. So teach us the number of days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You can gain wisdom when you fear the Lord and he is number one in your life. That's when you gain uh, wisdom. Let's finish this point asking ourselves, how do we use our time? Think about this week that is ending tonight. How we spend six days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, until Saturday. How much time we spend in the spiritual matters. How much time we spend making money? How much we spend this week in entertainment? How much time we spend learning about God's word? How much time we spend talking to God? How much time we spend quality time with family? How much time we spend sharing the gospel? to our co-workers or neighbors or friends. How much time? Well, listen what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circum circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We need to learn to redeem the time. Be wise. Redeem, your, redeem the time. Make priorities. Never be as a fool. Just wasting your time. Just killing your time. If you waste one hour, never going to be recovery. Never. It's gone forever. So think about it. How we spend our time. Time is equals life. Life is equals time. And we're going to give account of our life and how we spend our time. You have in your hand influence. 
reputation, good or bad name. That's what the Bible tells us. So, this is something else that we need to think about it. Influence, good or bad, is something every person has within his own hands. It will bless or harm depending on its nature. Talking about good influence, look what it says in Daniel chapter 6, 26 and 27. I make a decree that in every dominion of my king, kingdom, men uh, must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Good influence. Yes. Uh, Daniel, his influence led an entire kingdom fear and respect God. Why? Why the king said that? Because the good influence of one man, Daniel. You can do a great difference with your influence for good or for bad. Think about that. Think about that. The Bible talks about bad influence. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, your glory is not good. Do not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Yes. You know, good influence is hard to share and people to reach. But bad influence, hmm, very easy. Very easy. So think about this thing that God put in your hand. And let me tell you something else. Influence going to stay here when we are gone. That's what the Bible says. Revelation 14, 13 says, Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. This is very important. Very, very important. When we depart from this world, our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our friends, our enemies are going to remember us based on, on our influence that we live on this earth. How are you going to be remembered? As a parent that care for their children? As a Christian who has passion for God and compassion for men? A child of God with convictions? A reliable person? Someone that you can count on? Remember, our influence is going to remain here when we are gone. I remember Brother Marvin Fisher. We were talking about him on the way here. Yes. Great man of God. He was an elder in El Cajon. And when we had a potluck, you know him? He was with a a bag, you know, pick it and fill that bag with trash. And he was an elder. Yes. Yes. 
You know, I always remember him as a very humble, humble man of God. I can remember about Brother Vicente from Mexico, an old man. He was the happiest person that I ever met. He was so poor, has almost nothing, and he was so happy. And they had contentment all the time until he passed away. So remember, your influence stays here when we are going. We are gone. Your talents. We talked yesterday about talents. I just want to read this scripture. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and did your and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talents from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Don't tell me that you don't have anything to do for God and his kingdom. Never tell me that. That scripture said at least you have one thing to do. Perhaps two, five, or, you know. But never say, I don't have anything to do for, for God and his kingdom. And think about the abilities that you have, that God put in your hand. One of these days. Our Lord and Savior going to ask how we do with the talents, abilities that he put in our hands. The Bible tells us and did this parable that if we don't use it, they going to be taken up, take them away. If we use them, God is going to give, give us more and more and more. But if not, we're going to spend eternity in hell. That's what James 4 and 17 says. When you know what is good and you don't do it, you're sinning. That's what the Bible says there. So we need to put in practice what we know uh, that God wants us to do. And Luke 12, 48 says, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. It is very important to realize what he has put in our hands. And we need to use them the best we can. The church. God has put the church in our hands in this generation 
where we are. Yes, we have the greatest privilege and responsibility to have the church in our hands today. We need to keep the church pure without blemish. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27. That he might present, himself, uh, present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. That's the challenge. That's the challenge that you and I have with the church. Let me tell you something about the church. The church was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church is the greatest institution on earth. And it's an undeserved privilege for me to be part of it. So we need to realize how privileged people we are only for the fact that we are part of the church. The body of Christ is just amazing. It's just amazing to think about that. Well, look the challenge that we have to face on a daily basis. To keep it clean, pure, without spot. That's what the Bible says. Because we need to present the body of Christ to everybody around Bakersfield. And everybody needs to know that the church of Christ is the body of Christ. And that is the glorious institution, the, the most glorious institution on earth. That's the only way that we can bring people and be part of that glorious institution. We have to be very careful about the decisions that we make for the church. Any decision, any plan, any effort has to be according to her head, Jesus Christ. We have no authority to do anything different than what Jesus says in the New Testament. If we try to do that, look what it says in Galatians 1, 6 through 9. We pervert, we pervert the gospel of Christ. And we bring reproach to this glorious institution. So we need to be very careful on that. Finally, you have your soul in your hands. Salvation is in your hand. Peter admonished, ad, 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 admonished the, the people in Pentecost and with many other words testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse uh, generation. Our soul is so precious to lose. Look what it says. In Mark 8, 36 and 37. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Many people exchange his soul for pleasures, for sin, 
for the world is not worthy. Is not worthy. The soul is the most precious thing that we need to keep safe. For, it, for that, for that reason, look what it says. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than, than uh, for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And of course, he's not talking literally. No, no, no. He's talking in a figurative way. You know, anything or anybody who puts our soul at risk should be immediately removed from our lives in a quick and permanent fashion, period. That's it. That easy. That's why we need to realize, brethren, what you have in your hands and what I have in, in my hands. We're going to give account of each thing that God put in our hands. Please, please, our prayer should be, please, God, help us to use anything that you put in my hands for your glory and for your honor, for the salvation of many, for the edification of the saints. That should be our prayer. In conclusion... God asked Moses this question in order to show that he has unlimited power to strengthen a little man for a mighty history-making job. It's not you, remember. We need to talk with a very experienced preacher for this. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Because you are putting your trust in men. We put the trust in God. You need only trust in God, have a good disposition, and serve Him, and He will accomplish His plan with those little things that He put in your hands. Yes, He has that power. He has a little experience, you know, doing that. He's, he is expert on that. God has the power to accomplish His purpose through you and me. It is not our power, our experience, our abilities, our wisdom. You know, I'm old and I'm getting old, older and older. Well, as my life goes, you know, I, I know instead of gaining wisdom, I consider me more fool, foolish. Really, really, that's exactly right. So that's why I need to depend on God. Not on me or others, on, on in God, on God. God is the source of power. God is the source of wisdom. God is the source of everything. So if you go to him and ask him, use me, he's going to use you in the way he wants. Remember, no, not our power, our experience, ability, or wisdom. It's his power working, working through 
Pause. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.